0: Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hey. And unfortunately, our co-host, Hector, had to be out this week. Uh, work emergency, sadly. Yeah, so life happens, you know. He will be missed. Our main topic this week is going to be about Netflix getting into the video game streaming game. But before that, we have all the geeky news that's fit to discuss. And before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Right now, our patron-exclusive episode for the Final Fantasy VII Remake is currently available to listen to there. And with all the introductions out of the way, it is time for The Prelude. Prelude! All right, this is The Prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been watching, what we've been playing, what's been occupying our free time. Tony, do you have a list today?
0: Uh, I really just want to talk about one thing that I enjoyed Um, at is a Amazon... Premiere show. Okay. Um, meaning that is a show that Amazon picked up. This originally was a YouTube show done by, I believe it was, uh, was it Mark Miller? No, Mark, Mark McKinnon is the actor's name. Sorry. Um, it's a show called Wayne. Okay. It is a, let me just read the, after the death of his father, the good hearted 16 year old vigilante sets out at his own, on his, sets out with his new friend to get back his dad's stolen 79 Trans Am. Okay, um, It is one of the most violent teen ad- cross-country adventure things I've ever seen. So it's John Wick, but for a car? Yeah. Um, but with a kid. Yes, it is an amazing show. The cast is is wonderful. I didn't know that originally it was a YouTube show. Okay. Um, Amazon bought that out, and now it's being released as an Amazon thing. What an interesting Um, time
1: that we live in because you talk about that show being a YouTube original mm -hmm. and then getting picked up by Amazon. And that's pretty much the same situation that kind of happened with the upcoming Fresh
0: Prince of Bel-Air remake because that very specifically what did happen with, um, shit, I almost wanted to, (laughs) um, Cobra Kai. Yeah. Cobra Kai on Netflix was a YouTube show Mm -hmm. that had its one season Mm Mm-hmm. YouTube killed everything Netflix picked it up and yeah. ran with it It Wayne seems like it could be that it was only released last year like it, like in the fall of last year mm-hmm. so it's watch the show Wayne yeah um, so it's, that's, that's on Amazon Prime yeah it's on Amazon Prime it's definitely it's the story of a like he's a dirty hairy kid like he knows right from wrong and mm-hmm. he inflicts justice beca- on his level of knowing right from wrong okay so when someone does something like is mean to an old lady he beats the living shit out of them (laughs) okay um and it's 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 a wonderful story about a kid uh traveling the country yeah discovering himself (laughs) coming to terms with the loss of his father Mm -hmm. and it's really just fun story overall okay um yeah OK, check out Wayne. All right. Uh,
1: let's see. What else did we do this week?
0: Uh, we all went and watched Black Widow. We're not going
1: to talk about that right now. We're going to save that for a future episode. Uh, something that Tony and I both watched. We watched Wellington Paranormal on HBO Max. Yeah, that is the cool. that is the spin-off show from what we do in the shadows. So it's Taika Waititi. It is uh, originally a New Zealand show. They've actually already filmed multiple seasons of it. It's just now finally coming over here. Um, it is a giant play on the X-Files. I mean listen to the intro to the show it it knows what it is. It in the first 5 minutes says we're kind of like the X-Files like blatantly to the camera. Um
0: but it's, it's all like, it's like the X-Files except for they're just doing movies. Yeah. Because the first one is just The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just the story of The Exorcist. <laughs> like there are shots and like music and everything <laughs> taken from the fucking Exorcist. It's like yep. Cool. But it's all parody. It's all yeah. funny. It's
1: all it's in the same universe as what we do in the shadows. So it's obviously goofy and over the top. And
0: you yeah, know. I'm looking forward to so much more of it. Um, I didn't necessarily care for what we do in the shadows, the TV show. Mm. I, I love the movie. See, I love the TV show Um, the TV show, I guess, because it was it tried to use too much from the movie. Mm. I wanted to have. Did you get to the part where the movie crossed over with it? No.
1: OK, then that's the thing that actually
0: happens. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, interesting. I guess I, fin- like I, I never finished it, yeah. but this, because I know it takes place within the universe yeah. and I already know what that universe is because of the movie, mm. it feels fun so I
1: will say for what we do with the shadows to, to just maybe encourage you to give it a second watch the very beginning of the show does very much feel like the movie and at some point the characters once they get their own but lack of a better way to put it character mm-hmm. um, the show takes on its own life and its own different direction you just have to kind of like roll with it for a little bit and be like the first couple episodes are like very much like the movie like like copy paste movie and then
0: finally the characters get to branch on the actors get to do what they yeah, want Yeah, I never and, got past that yeah. it was just like why are we do is doing a bad riff on the movie that i like yeah and i didn't feel like it was doing justice which is this again it's being produced yep. by taika watiti and hope like I'm, we're finally getting it in america unless you use a vpn service i love i love
1: the fact that we're bringing <laughs> this show to america and not just trying to redo it yeah like, that's the thing that we've done for so long right i mean that this dates back to all kinds of things you know like the office like you know uh even doctor try- who at I one point say, they one,
0: tried- uh, uh, doctor who's my favorite one and they was like yeah, they-, they tried to make doctor who and that was Bad. It was a bad idea. Don't do it. And this they tried to make American Red Dwarf. Yeah, that was not good. I watched that pilot. It was not good. Um, yeah, they tried American to watch the coupling was awful.
1: Yeah, Misfits bad. Yep. Uh, so yeah, he said the, 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 just the heck with it. The original v- version's good. Let's bring that over again. Wellington Paranormal. It's on HBO Max. You do not have to have seen what we do in the shadows to uh, watch this show. You just need to know that it is a mockumentary style show that has paranormal elements, and that's it. That that's the basics. Uh, The only other thing that I did this week is I finished Persona 5 Strikers. That is the Destiny Warriors-style Persona 5 game. Uh, Finished my my final playthrough of it, or finished my playthrough of it. Um, Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal, obviously, I'm super obsessed with. Um, Got my Platinums on on both those games. Uh, Got to the end of this one, started doing the grind for the Platinum, did a little bit of research online about it, and went, nope, that's not for me. I do not have that kind of time anymore. Mm. Um, It was like another, they were saying like another 15-plus, hours to just grind the trophies out and I'm like I just don't have the time for that I have other games that I want to play other things that I want to do I have very limited gaming time these days and so I try to maximize it and so just another 20 hours to get a stupid trophy just wasn't going to work for me but the game is fun it's worth playing if you even if you just like dynasty warrior style games where it's just kind of beat-em-ups it's a great way they fused those mechanics with the deep the deeper elements of the persona fusion monster fusion rpg system Uh, so yeah definitely worth your time and that's everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. When we come back, we'll be going into our new main news segment in the Weekly Raid. Weekly Raid. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly Raid, our news roundup for the week. And kicking things off this week, Mike Flanagan of Haunting of Hill House fame is working on a pilot for Netflix for the Eisner-nominated comic, Something is Killing the Children. The story, if you're unfamiliar with it, centers around a town called Archer's Peak, where children are going missing. And it's only the children that seem to be able to see what the creatures and the shadows are that are taking them away.
0: The Catholic Church.
1: <laughs> yes, that that's, that is not what this is about. This is a fantasy story. So not reality story um yeah this is this comic by the way if you've never heard of it again eisner award uh or or nominated book uh for like best new book of 2020 when it came out i believe the first trade paperback just came out um it is a dark story um it is done by boom comics and yeah i mean like everybody's ranting and raving about how good this comic is right now Uh, mike flanagan picking this up it just seemed like the perfect marriage to me. This is the kind of story he would want to tell. Um, he's really good at finding really quality good uh, child actors, which is kind of rare in Hollywood and like putting them in his shows. So, considering the most of the cast of this show is going to be kids, like I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm 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 super excited for it. Anyway, I like
0: the emotional horror that he plays with, mm-hmm. and while well, I haven't read this comic yet. Uh, that seems to be probably what part of it's going to be, because he doesn't like to stray too far away from home. No, no, he does
1: not. <laughs> he has a very like clear path of the things he's comfortable with, and that's fine, because he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. I loved Bly Manor. I loved Hill House. Like uh, I, haven't, I haven't watched Dr. Sleep yet. That's how my to do this. But I did love Oculus. I don't know if that was a movie that a lot of people liked, but I actually really loved Oculus. Uh, Let's see here. Speaking of Hill House, uh, it was announced that not only is Halloween Horror Nights finally reopening this year at Universal Studios, uh, thanks COVID, uh, but one of the main attractions will be a maze based around The Haunting of Hill House and uh, is is not done very often. This particular attraction will be opening in both the Hollywood and Orlando locations.
0: Oh, yeah. Every year. So, we're kind of last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talk about the things that are coming to the Halloween Horror Nights. And every year, every it's year a- I remember the one time I've gotten to go to Halloween <laughs> Horror Nights and how much fun it is. Yeah. I, I
1: tell myself every year, this is the year you're going to go. But then just everything just. just.
0: Oh, no. You uh, got to make a plan for it. You got to plan the whole thing. I, I was specifically planning for if I'm going to a Halloween Horror Nights, I'm going to have to plan it around when I want to go to Disney to do Uh, all of that stuff. See, I don't give a fuck about
1: that. I just want to do... See, yeah, no, the
0: Orlando, it's uh, the Hollywood... Let's just go into the next thing.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Keeping our horror theme rolling, uh, we spoke previously on the show about a novel coming out called The Final Girl Support Group. The premise of the book was that a survivor of a slasher spree starts going to a support group to meet with other, quote, final girls. And then somebody starts targeting that support group. So I was pretty hyped for this book. We talked about it on the show uh, quite a bit. And we all said we were kind of really excited for it. It just got released this week. But there was an announcement that you kind of slipped under the radar as soon as the book came out. Because they released the audiobook along with the with the full version of the book. Or the hardback version of the book. And that is the audiobook version of it um, is going to be uh, is read by the Friday the 13th original Final Girl Uh, Adrian King like how fucking fitting is that I mean it's like they did it on purpose it's like they did it on purpose I know it's just so random but, like, I saw this news, and I was like, I was kind of already planning on getting an audiobook form before, but you just sold me on this. Like, this I was already hyped for this book. This was a book that was going to be a definite, you know, kind of pre-order in my eyes. Uh, but hearing you get the original Friday the 13th Final Girl to, like, be the narrator for this, I was just like, be still my heart. Like, everything, my, my horror nerdiness just started seeping out, and I was just completely in love all over again.
0: That's what, see, I'm, I'm on the opposite. Like, I, I, I really love that they got her to do the... The audio book, but um, I just want to read more, like, understandable, words, understandable. Books, like, in the hands. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, but it's a lost art at this point. We don't do that as much. Support your local library,
1: by the way. Get a library card. Go check out some books. All right. So I never thought I'd say this, but Nickelodeon announced a fighting game this week called Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl. In it, you can play characters from the Ninja Turtles to SpongeBob. It's a Super Smash Brothers kind of game. Uh, For those of you fighting game nerds out there, it will have rollback netcode, which means it'll be a more seamless online experience while you're playing it. Uh, It'll be more akin to playing with somebody in the same room instead of worrying that uh, the other person's going to lag out or something along those lines. Um, I kind of laughed about this at first. And then I went online and started reading, like, just quotes from the fighting game community at large, and they seem weirdly excited for this, Um, especially the Super Smash Brothers community, because for so long, like, the Smash Brothers community has been good and they love that style of game that kind of brawly um, fighting game but you know not having like rollback net code not having like real big like FGC support behind it there's a lot of complicated factors that a lot of people have become kind of disillusioned with Super Smash Brothers
0: well it's because Nintendo doesn't want to give a shit about the they're or- doesn't give a shit about the fighting game community they just want to make a fighting game and then have ultimate control over what everybody does within that universe so they don't want people to be like hey we want you to make changes game no no what they made is perfect and everybody else can fuck off and do what they want Hmm. if you haven't noticed that's what they do with all of their games really but this is a really cool lineup that they, they put out here um I was, I, I didn't know what to think at first because it's, like yeah, it's, he said Ninja Turtles and I was like, okay, yeah. we, we get what, two Ninja Turtles out of it. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's Michelangelo and Leonardo. Yep. And I, I was afraid of it just being like that. We were going to get some like really, we we're just going to get like the biggest of things like, but when you go through like the full list here and it's just like Nigel Thornberry, don't give a shit. But when I saw Powdered Toast Man mm-hmm. I, and you apparently did the same thing, we're both like, okay, what, like, what's up with this now? <laughs> right. Because you're throwing from fucking sponge, Ren and Stimpy shit up in here. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then like I went down and I was like, oh, it's Spongebob, cool. But Oblina. I was like, Oblina and Powder Toast Man. I, I might so, I, I might have to play this game.
1: So Oblina's from Ariel Monsters. And I, I love only, Ariel I, Monsters. I only like vaguely remember that show. Um Reptar Rugrats, like that's a solid pick. I mean he's he's a giant dinosaur.
0: Yeah. But I overall it just looks like it's a really fun list. I want this game to succeed much like I know they're working on the, um, the MTV claymation fighting game that they used to have the, uh, um, oh, celebrity Deathmatch. match, celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah. I want that one to do well as well. So then we can have a crossover <laughs> of the two of them because that sounds like it'd good. And for those of you
1: who were goths at the age that we were, um, Zim from invader Zim will be one of the playable characters. So, um, yeah, that's something to get excited for. If that, if Yonan was your thing back in the day, uh, up next, the director of WandaVision, uh, Matt Shackman, has been brought on to work on the new J.J. Abrams-produced Star Trek movie. Uh, there's no details known at this time other than the fact that they plan to start production this upcoming spring. Uh, which I guess says to me, like, they've got the script ready? Like, if they're if they're planning to start
0: shooting in the spring. Start production isn't necessarily shooting hmm. production. I don't know. Like, this, does, this sounds like it's not going to necessarily happen because... J.J. Adrian and Star Trek have not had the... They've put a lot of uh, ideas out there recently in the past few years that haven't mm-hmm. come into fruition. Yeah. A lot of things have been announced that haven't come out. And yeah. But this is, like, really soon for going into, like, an actual production production. Um, See, that's what I was thinking. I was like, so, like, they have to
1: have the script at this point, right?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like, that seems... Again, this is... I just really, I'm tired of fucking J.J. Abrams fucking with Star Trek at this point. Mm. Like, honestly, I don't give a fuck about how soon it's coming out or having the, the, a script or anything. But I mean, what if, if he's just, just like, just fucking, what if he's just like producing it though and he's not like, he's not gonna no, have a big... he's producing it, definitely, he, which means he's fucking with it. Because mm. it's J.J. Abrams and he can't fucking stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you have not been a fan of the J.J. Abrams uh, Star not Trek in movies? A long,
0: not in a long time. Yeah. Until, it's like, once you see the magician's tricks, mm. Which is a reference to how he says, oh, you got to never show your tricks. Once you see how he does shit, you're just like, no, he just he gives up halfway through every fucking project. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know half of what he's fucking doing. I mean, he did leave Lost in the first episode. He leaves everything. He's really good with going, I've got this really cool idea. Yeah. And then leaving it on the fucking table. It doesn't right. have an ending. He never, he never has an ending. He starts at the beginning mm-hmm. and that's where he starts. Yeah. He never ends right and you notice that in every project he worked on he never knows what the fuck the ending is if he started at the ending worked his way backwards when well, you're supposed to write a fucking story maybe <laughs> he would actually tell a fucking coherent story for once
1: well hopefully he's not the one working on the script for this then
0: <sighs> but then yeah, he's just gonna put his stupid little JJ hands in it and <laughs> demand certain <laughs> stupid things okay I'm not a fan of him anymore I, I just can't you've do... just fallen out of love He's telling shit. He's not even telling stories. Mm. He's telling magical beginnings of stories. Right. Okay. Uh,
1: Oh, man, this was a weird one. Bandai Namco announced this week a uh, new free-to-play game called Gundam and Evolution. The early videos that we saw about it were a basically Overwatch-style 6v6 game, except everybody's in Gundams. There's no word on when the game's beta will come to the states. They are doing a beta in Japan over the next couple weeks. Uh, I did watch some videos about this because uh, while I don't watch anime anymore, I did watch a lot of Gundam back when I was younger. A lot of it's on Amazon right now. I was like, "That's cute. I'll check it out." And it 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 literally is Gundam Overwatch. Like, there's like, here's your Gundam with a shield and a gun, and he's just gonna like go in and he's your tank. And then there's like, you know, flying rocket, you know, Gundam. And you know what? Free to play Overwatch games aren't bad i mean paladins no, it,
0: no honestly yeah paladins is great and overwatch needs things to steal from yes because <laughs> they ran out of ideas a long time ago <laughs> and started stealing from paladins <laughs> and then we got echo so like that was the end of it yeah they, they literally ran out of ideas when they made a character that only copies other characters so like but i mean
1: overwatch 2 is right around the corner yeah
0: maybe i don't know <laughs> maybe it's gonna happen overwatch 2 is gonna have to
1: release you know, they got
0: to make that Activision Blizzard money. I mean, maybe it's going to be good. Because like, mm. they're releasing a game doesn't mean it's going to be enjoyable. <laughs> but the Gundam one does look actually like it's fun, and I like the free-to-play Overwatch-style games because, like, I can hop into Paladins at any point and just be like, I'm going to play a Blizzard with the fucking rockets. Yeah, it's you know, fun. it's one of
1: those things that in uh, our LSV Discord, every so often people just be like, hey, like we're kind of tired of Overwatch right now, but we kind of want to play Overwatch. Does anybody want to play Paladins? And like, yeah. that's kind of cool. I like this idea where I can be like, does anybody want to play Gundams with me? <laughs> That's like, what I'm looking forward hey, to. my like, friends, the, the, please the, play uh, Left for Dead franchises
0: mm. that are all coming out. We can kind of just jump from one to one. We're like, I'm tired of playing this one. Can we play that other one? Yeah. The one with Dinosaurs, because zombies were fun. Yeah, there's so many Left for Dead-style games coming out. You know, we've got Back for Blood coming
1: out, and then we have that one that Arcane's working on right now with the vampires, and it's like, it's a good...
0: There's one in Early Access on Xbox, which is... With dinosaurs, zombie dinosaur things or something. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, the reviews I've seen of it were like, you might want to play this. It's really (laughs) fun if you like the Left 4 Dead style (laughs) 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 games.
1: That sounds weird as shit and kind of my jam. Uh, Let's see. Oh, a piece of video game history was uncovered this week when a donation was made to the Strong National Museum of Play by an unnamed game developer. What was on the disc was something that we've only seen a video of and read about in the book Masters of Doom. So, I'm going to give everybody a little backstory. Back in the day before Doom was ever conceived of, id Software tried to get work with Nintendo. So what they did to try and prove themselves to Nintendo is they went and recreated like the first few levels of Mario Brothers 3 to prove that it could be run on a PC. Now, they showed up to Nintendo... Here's our presentation, and Nintendo refused their offer to port the game to PC. So, hat in hand, id Software went back to Texas, and years later, against all odds, they made this little game called Doom. Um, this demo has basically been a thing of myth for a long time. Uh, John uh, Romero did show a video of it a few years ago, and they're like, yeah, here's a, what the video looks like for the Mario Brothers 3 port that we made. Um, we don't know who the donator was. they He said the what was said about the donator to the museum is he was not one of the people that originally. Worked on Doom, but did come along at some point. This was somebody that did work at id and happened to have this disc laying around in their collection
0: of stuff. And yeah, was like, Sometimes you inherit a desk with yeah. other people's shit. Yeah. And, and you go, like, What the fuck is this? And you st- you're Yeah. Like, okay, well, I'm keeping all this crap. And he was
1: like, Well, I guess after all these years, maybe this should be in a museum. Uh, so yeah, it's in the museum's hands. Uh, right now, there's no plans to actually exhibit the game to the public, uh, but researchers, um, like game researchers and, and historians, can come and get access to it so that they can write about it yeah this is crazy this was like my happy news like i'm so i so love video game history and like hearing the news for this this week i was like oh my god like i want to what do what are my qualifications needed to go see this in person like that's how much i love video game history and yeah just the fact that think about this like some dude just had this disc laying around
0: for years doom's been around like 30 years (laughs) Think about how, in my mind, there was someone in this person's life that nagged them to finally clean out the closet. (laughs) And they're, fine, I'll donate that box that I was meaning to go donate, like, (laughs) 20 years ago.
1: My clothing donation pile in my room (laughs) says hi. (laughs) I could see that being the thing, though, just like, honey, you've got to move your crap out of the garage, which obviously wasn't kept in, or at least not a, Poorly ventilated garage because
0: this disc actually still kept works. In Texas summer heat is, is. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of my VHS tapes of like me, my family, all yeah. the things that we had because those are gone. They were kept <laughs> yeah. in an attic in Houston. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have
1: this those uh, old old video tapes of us larping that I'm pretty sure are melted by now. But I'll see the next time I go in the storage unit and find out. But yeah, I have all those tapes of us larping for years. Uh, Yeah, but super excited for more video game history being preserved. There's so much of video game history that's been lost to time. Um, So many people who worked on game projects that we don't know the names for, uh, simply because video game companies back then uh, made sure that they didn't credit the people who worked on the games. There's a reason why in the original Castlevania, everybody has joke names, um, because just people could not... Uh, put their video names in video games for fear that they would be poached by other game companies. It's one of the reasons that one of the first Easter eggs in video games was in the game Adventure for Atari, where you go and find one of the programmer's names, because he just wanted to be recognized for his work. So there's so much of video game history that gets lost to time. I know that we just did an episode about piracy and preservation and why it's so important that these things exist. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I was so happy to hear this news, like, hey, this weird lost demo. that. If they had if Nintendo had said yes to this game we may not have gotten doom
0: yeah but Nintendo showing their uh, their, their future plans of saying <laughs> no to anybody who wants to do anything fun <laughs> um, you know they're sticking with the plan they, they've stuck with the plan uh let's see here
1: oh Phil Spencer head of Xbox said in an interview this week that when it comes to the Xbox newest controller that there's probably some work that needs to be done on it and quote, I think Sony's done a nice job with their controller, and we kind of look at some of that and think there are things that we should go do. Basically, he's saying like there's some really cool features in the Sony controller. We're not saying we're going to rip them off, but like progress has to be made somewhere, right? Yeah,
0: now. no, and the there are some great advancements in the PS5 controller that I really like. Yeah, um, we, I, I spend I still play my games with controller even on PC and. I spend a lot of time thinking about what the perfect controller could be. Mm-hmm. And because I like having the Xbox one X's um, back paddles. Yeah. And it was, it was good. It felt mm. like great. Cause it was made by Xbox, but it wasn't as sensitive as the back paddles from the Razer controller mm. and those, uh, uh, the ABXY buttons, which were like uh, mechanical switches. And they felt more, they were as fast as a mouse click instead of that squishy mm. dome button and how I would necessarily don't want the motors in them because mm-hmm. that would, I'm not going to put those functions in anyway, mm-hmm. but that's like, I was thinking about what the perfect controller for me would be. Right. The PS5 controller is this wonderful around, it's a great advancement mm-hmm. in the regular controller for having the motors and for, the haptics for For it, controllers and, not really
1: going through much of an evolution in the
0: last 10 years, it's a yeah, big deal. The Last really big one was the, the like the Xbox design and how they've been modifying that one, mm-hmm. and even the PS5
1: has come around to being more of an Xbox shape. Yep. because that that fits the hands it, it, it is for. it is
0: more ergonomic than what they've had out before yeah. And when it's whenever they release it, when they showed the first pictures like cool they just made an Xbox controller right. and we just all agree that that's the that this is the way our hands want to hold things but now <laughs> we have Xbox going but we want things from that other controller and, and I'm not trying no, to, no, no. and it's and it's it's great there was actually a quote from right whenever the um, PlayStation 5 and Xbox uh, series X were releasing mm. um, from Phil Spencer about the Actually, the controller again. It's I applaud what they did with the controller, uh, not for actually for well, I shouldn't say, not for the specifics of the controller, but more than just the specific specifics of the controller. I think that for all of us in the industry, we should learn from each other and the innovation that we all push on, whether it's distribution of a business model like Game Pass or controlling or controller tech or the Wii back in the day, which clearly had an impact on us when we went off to. I went off and did connect and Sony what did what they did with move mm. and that brings me to what our next topic is, actually is what everybody's copying Nintendo <laughs> and making the not I Wii. guess so yeah <laughs> oh, sorry, not we you
1: <laughs> so let's talk about portable gaming news uh, that's what we're gonna kind of wrap things up with here is we have three pieces of weird portable gaming news yeah so the first one is that there was a Kickstarter that launched this week. For And God help me, this the name of this, just mmm. The Kickstarter launched for what is called the Xbox Series S X screen. It is a clip-on screen that allows you to take your Xbox Series S on the go-ish. You'll still need all the plugs to get the screen and the Xbox going. And when I first read about this, it seemed very, very silly to me. I was like, but why would we do that? And then you see a picture of it. I saw a picture of it. I was like, oh, it looks good. But then I read that twenty minutes after this Kickstarter launched, it hit its funding goal. They were asking for around ten grand for a little clip-on screen for your Xbox. You could take your Xbox on the go. Right now, as of the recording of this show, and this Kickstarter just went off this week. They are currently over a uh, under a hundred grand for this. They've already made like. 10 times what they were planning to make to get the screen made. There's enough Mm -hmm. people that have been like, yeah, I just want to clip on my screen for my Xbox so I can go. And it's not even like, or
0: or just have it on it sitting on your desk where you just, have it sitting there as its own little monitor. You flip it up when you want to play yeah. Xbox and you just close it down and whenever you're done.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I was like just reading everybody getting super hyped about this. And, and, and the even crazier part is it's not even for all Xbox models. It is this one specific model of Xbox this was made for. The
0: S, and the one that's not even as good as the last generation's pro model. Right. But everybody seems to want it. They're like, yeah, I just want to be able to take my
1: Xbox and move it room to room and do this thing because it's just small enough that I can do that. Holy crap. Like, you know, we get surprised sometimes when a product comes out and we look at it and we're like, well,
0: that's dumb. And then everybody just disagrees with us You No, I looked at it and went, I want this. <laughs> I saw the picture of it and went, that's cool as fuck. Yeah, if I had, if I had an S, I looked I would at it. Totally want I looked at it those.
1: and went, "Didn't I have a screen like that for my PlayStation when I was a yes, kid?" Yes, they did, and I kind of liked it though. Now that I think about it, like yep. it was kind of cool. This to have This is one. not
0: the first time anybody's done this. Yeah, people have been wanting. This is not an original idea. To, to consoles for years. They're just uh, doing it on this one. Looks good and it's well funded, and mm. it's for a product that is seemingly accessible. I mean, it's still sold out everywhere, but. Yeah. But, I mean, for those who have one, you can get a screen for it now. I think everybody who has one is buying a screen for it, actually. Yeah, that's
1: exactly what's happening. All right. Uh, Next up in our portable news, Nintendo announced a new Nintendo Switch this week. Uh, It'll be releasing October 8th for $350. It is going to have a slightly bigger screen. It's going to have an OLED
0: screen. But, I do like OLED screens. But
1: it's basically the same exact thing. No upgrades in the joysticks. No upgrades in the console itself. Just slightly better, clearer screen and slightly bigger screen. This is coming in have on the actually heels. It
0: improved battery life because it's using OLED uh, screens. Like, I think that's one of the only other weird things
1: about it. It has a better battery
0: life. But. Yeah, it'll have uh, OLED screens. Black is yeah. their it's never on so whenever you can have any text it's using the minimum amount of power because mm. black is not use, using any power right um think about that in the terms of gaming like anything that is black is not going to be mm. it's it's going to save quite a bit for battery life by switching to a higher quality screen
1: right now this new new and air quotes uh nintendo switch uh is going to be priced 50 dollars more than the normal switch and from what we're hearing from early reports it Costs them about ten more dollars to make, so good yeah. good profit on that. Um, I think that the biggest point of this news article was that. Uh, Nintendo fans had their hopes really high before this announcement. We kept hearing all these rumors oh, there's gonna be a switch pro oh man, it's gonna be 4k it's gonna compete with the with the Xbox and the they PS5 this is worked and there was like, <laughs> what they do with the DS well, that's guys. what we're gonna get we're gonna get this brand new Nintendo switch and it's just gonna blow everybody the fuck out of the water and they'll be like, yeah suck my Pikachu dick motherfuckers and then they are like, yeah, it's a slightly better version of what we currently have in existence and everybody fucking lost their shit on the internet like wow fucking Nintendo's failed us. Like this is this is no different than what Nintendo does, you yeah. know. The advent of the 3ds, you know, to the the DS to the 3ds. I mean, yes, there were changes of 3D being added to it, but then they made the 2ds, which is just a, 50, a, a,
0: was it fifty dollars cheaper? But cheaper, then, yeah, but it's just it, it doesn't have the 3D. 3D technology, which actually saves them way much more money. Yeah, and then there's. They've iterated on the 3DS in these little micro ways over yeah. and over and over again. Do you have 3DS XL? Even Excel? the Game Do you have the Boy. Yeah, all the Game Boy stuff. All their handhelds, they finally got rid of consoles. Right. Nintendo doesn't want consoles. Nintendo wants to still be a playing card company. They want shit yeah. in your hands. Yeah. And... It's not a bad business strategy, no, and that's what they're doing. They're doing real well with keep getting that controller thingy <laughs> yeah. in your face, and but maybe you fix your
1: it. controllers because Joy-Con drift is an actual thing, and they are being sued oh about.
0: it. Oh my god, I, that's the thing I don't like about the Switch at this point is the really just the the controllers. Okay. I don't like the Joy Cons. Yeah, the aftermarket ones are better. Which is what I, I okay. literally use a
1: ten dollars slap on like back to my Switch that yeah. makes it feel like an
0: Xbox controller. And um, on my profile on your Switch, I have all the buttons mapped to the Xbox version because if yeah, you're going to yeah. tell me to press X and it's not in the same fucking place, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> so Nintendo's doing some things right.
1: But yeah, I think that fanboys just kind of got out of control about this. They were expecting like the next coming of Nintendo, like not thinking about the fact that Nintendo, they iterate, they learn from their mistakes. They do, they push a newer product. Um, they were just like, hey, we can make something a little bit better, but not have to pay, m- make people pay more for it. Um, So here we go. Here's the new version of the Switch. I don't feel the need to upgrade my Switch. Some people are saying like, oh, I absolutely want to. I don't think it's- Some some people are Nintendo
0: fanboys and they have to get every game that comes out and every t-shirt and every Mario thingy or every Legend of Zelda bullshit. Cool, they're fans of that. Yeah, good for for them. For me, I'm looking at this, if if I'm gonna buy a Switch, and I still wanna get a Switch, they're now giving, I know I have a choice between I think three different versions, right? Mm. And I have a lower battery version have, so you have
1: you have the switch light, which is yes. the switch, but the controllers are welded to it. You cannot dock it. You can't do anything. It is meant to be just a handhold, uh, handheld. See, platform. I like docking. I need docking. <laughs> <laughs> then you have the switch, which allows you to dock. I
0: I, ha- I like dock. It's the best of both worlds for me.
1: Yeah. And now you will have the upgraded version where you can dock it, but also you have the better screen. And it's bigger. I like bigger. whenever I can dock it's, it it's and it's bigger. bigger right. I'm glad that we really rolled with that one. I'm glad, I'm glad that we kept that we going. I'm just saying dock it a lot. Yeah, it's I know. Really, it's just the inflection I'm putting into it. I understand. I understand where this is going. <laughs> Let's get away from our docking news and get to our final big news item of the week. This one, I cannot believe I'm actually excited for this. To wrap up our news and the handheld news, Valve announced a handheld PC today called the Stream Deck. It will launch in December of this year, it will have several pricing models, starting at $399. It will have a dock for external displays. And of course, it is made to play your entire Steam library on the go. All you have to do to get in queue to buy one of these is um, as of time that this will be published, you can go on to Steam, they'll have reservations up, and you put down $5 for it. Um, that $5 goes towards the cost of procuring the system, um, but it's mostly so that Valve can judge what um what the interest is so they're not overproducing systems because they did talk a little bit about this today uh, in some follow-up interviews saying like, yeah, we're taking a giant loss on this thing. Like a, you don't even know it is a huge loss,
0: but to
1: get this into people's hands, to get this as a platform, you have to do yeah, that. Whenever
0: I looked at the overall stats and I don't want to go through all of them here, but basically they're using the an amd chip with amd graphics mm. um 16 gigs of ram uh for 399 like i'm oh, just gonna say 400 sure. it's really good hardware the, that they're putting in there that is more i feel like they're putting more remember, than dollars worth of hardware in there remember
1: nintendo as of today just announced that new switch is coming out at 350 yeah and then valve came in and said yeah by the way we got a pc that you can hold for 400 by the way yeah and this
0: the stats this are way closer to a pc yeah and it's not gonna have the world's greatest graphics because it's running an rdna2 chip. yeah which is only eight cores uh, of the amd's processors but it's it's fine Mm. it'll have ray
1: tracing it's gonna um it'll have ray tracing tracing
0: it'll have ray tracing in that it's not gonna go near 30 right it's gonna be right but it will be capable of those things It also is going to be running the Steam Linux OS, Mm -hmm. which anything that can run on Linux, you can run, you can put on here.
1: Yep. Uh, They actually, I watched a video today where they showed it in the dock and they, it's a, it's literally just the Linux OS, Mm -hmm. except it's a little bit custom skin to feel a little bit more like Windows so people feel comfortable
0: in yeah, it. Yeah, it's the way um, Valve's been making their the Steam OS for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran it in, in some emulations a couple years ago just for fun. Just to be like, what's this like? Um, it's not the greatest when it comes to games, though. Mm-hmm. It has come stride since when it, they first announced it. Uh, but not all games are on Linux. Right. Not all games run very <laughs> really well. Uh, yeah, you can use wine and other things to. So, yeah, they, they, I don't want to get too much into the te- I don't want to get too
1: much into the technicals about it, but um, they're like, yeah, if you want to, you can just wipe the hard drive and put whatever you want in there. Like, that's what you can do.
0: Yeah. If it can run Windows, which is. Yeah, it can. I didn't know how if they were going if to if yep. fully wipe it. I didn't know yep, if it they, was- You could just wipe the fuck out right, of it. All right, so I can wipe it and it's got- a... It is a mini
1: PC. They said, do not call it a console. It is a mini PC. If you want to just wipe so the fucking thing- as long as I
0: can get to its- Yeah, the... yeah that's it.
1: It's a cool. mini PC.
0: I, I, I was on UFEI, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's all I need access to, and then I can do whatever the fuck I want to. And, yeah. and then I can put on variants of Linux. So I can put on Windows- yeah. You can do all this stuff. OS X because Apple's a shithead. Yeah, so the
1: controller, <laughs> the 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 device itself is really interesting because obviously it has a very good like clear screen. Most of the games are gonna be running kind of natively at 720p. Um, but they were saying that games like Control, which if you run them on your computer and try to run them in like higher resolutions, would kind of crap out if you don't have a good yeah. video card mm-hmm. they say i'm doing that they Didn't said work. they said on this it does because everything has to run natively in 720p so that's what
0: it you know does. Yeah. trying to run control at 1080 mm. with the graphics card i have right now i couldn't do it with yeah. it, it is kind of it, it wasn't fun but seeing how it ran on this it's kind of like okay you actually are
1: yeah. And so I'm going to be doing a little bit of a disservice of the product to, to be describing it, mm-hmm. but you know, you have your switch types screen, um, over on the left side, you have a D pad, you have two joysticks, obviously for any kind of like first person stuff that you're doing. There are two track pads below those joysticks that can be used for more precise movement. Uh, I, it's meant to be like a mouse. Sniping. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can use these little, you can use these track pads for, for things like sniping and on those back buttons. Yeah. On, yeah. That's the thing is that you have your top buttons like you would not normally controller but much like the elite models of the xbox controller if i'm correct they're the back paddles yeah the
0: um i like the scuff controllers or the uh, razer controllers i was talking about earlier it's got little back buttons Mm. and once you use a controller that has those you you will literally hate any other controller that doesn't have them Mm. like you are get confused when you pick up a controller like no that's not where the buttons belong anymore (laughs) right because it's not ergonomic to where your hands Mm. go yeah and that changeover is is game changing. I don't under, like, it's, we've got to accept that as the next generation, ne- under, next that adding those evolution of game design is get rid of the ABXY don't need to go up there. They need to go down here where my fingers live. Right. That These, this is where, this is it's a where vi- your hands is, are shaped, guys. This is a very visual Stop metaphor. changing the way our hands are shaped to fit your weird <laughs> square thumb killer Nintendo. <laughs>
1: yeah but it looks fantastic uh, I thought it was weird when I first read about it and then more and more I watched videos about it I was like fuck I actually want, to, I actually want these it, it looks great because one of the things I keep uh, talking to my friends about was they've got all these PC games they want me to play they say things like hey James you should play The Witcher 3 and I'm like isn't that 300 hours and they're like yes I'm like well I work in an office for 8 to 10 hours a day and the last thing I want to do when I come home is spend another 10 hours sitting in front of my fucking computer so maybe i would play the witcher 3 but you give me this steam portable system and i go yeah i could probably knock that out while i'm binge watching a show or something like that like that works for me um i think that it it was big brain thinking people for for the last year have been saying nintendo we want a nintendo switch pro that does 4k and does like you know keep up with modern consoles why don't you give us that and nintendo was like yeah but no bro and steam filled that market
0: honestly if uh I think the pre orders are going to fill if up really fast. There was a way to take your Steam library and have it stream in the quality of the graphics card from your computer to a handheld device, which is possible. It is. Um, yeah, that's kind of why I want one. And so I can make good game look better yeah. on the go. Yeah, you could yeah. probably do that. That sounds so fucking awesome. Because, yeah, I mean, it's got good graphics and all, but like, yeah, as long as I can stream from my home PC yeah, probably within good. my Wi Fi from it. That's going to be, it's so cool. I like that we're going to the sci-fi idea of, no, you have like a screen in front of you. You can control where things, mm-hmm. you see it in all the sci-fi movies and things yeah. for the future. We're, we're becoming the future. We are becoming the
1: future. And the future for us is going to be talking about Netflix getting into the gaming sphere. So we're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we will be going into our main topic in the boss room. Boss room. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is our boss room, our main topic for the podcast, sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. Today, it was announced that Netflix is looking to move beyond just TV and film, as they have hired a former EA and Facebook executive to start moving into the world of video games. Currently, this move is said to be at no additional cost to subscribers. Now, Netflix has dabbled in video games before. There's a few interactive things like Minecraft Story that are currently on there. They made that in conjunction with uh, Telltale Games back when they were still around. Um, but this is a much bigger thing that we need to talk about. So let's kind of just jump into this because Netflix getting into games. This isn't as simple as oh look, we're gonna have a couple fun games on here. This changes a lot especially yeah, at the
0: moment their their current experimenting with gaming has been interactive within the applications that we interact with you yeah know, we had the, the they had the black mirror, mirror episode yeah there was a, a bandersnatch yeah uh, that was for black mirror um even the um minecraft games yeah aren't the st- minecraft story mode yeah minecraft story mode aren't you don't need a controller you play with the remote control mm-hmm. um Going with with this hiring of a an uh, executive from the Oculus department of Facebook, mm. but I just want to put that out there. This is what, where he worked. Yeah, at. yeah,
1: he was originally working with Oculus. Yeah.
0: Yes, um, I'm kind of wondering where they're going with this. Do they want to make more games in house? Mm. Because. Uh, They have the the largest distribution network at the moment, but not necessarily for gaming. They already have everybody's bandwidth. Netflix uses more bandwidth than anything else in the world. That's correct. And what if they made Game Pass? Right. Is what I'm saying. That is true. And that's, that's kind of the thing that we have to talk about here, right? That's the
1: elephant in the room. Yeah. Is <laughs> we have Xbox Game Pass, which currently is your go-to place to pay a couple bucks a month and get access to a ton of titles. We've already talked about on the show that, you know, look to the future of Game Pass because they're going to start making it streaming soon because of Project X Cloud. These are predictions we have made and they're already
0: starting yeah, to Project come X to fruition. Yeah, Project xCloud is amazing for what it does and the quality of, that you can right. get if you have a really fast internet connection. Mm-hmm. Netflix because they take everybody's bandwidth, we would actually technically have more internet connection (laughs) if they didn't give us as many movies as they did. But... (laughs) So let's jump into the first thing here, is
1: we have this person who's been brought in to work on the gaming division of Netflix. And we have to ask like, okay, so are they gonna be doing original titles or are they gonna be doing, just like grabbing titles from developers and putting it on Netflix? Mm. Because the first point here is that gaming, it's an expensive thing to make. Making games is expensive.
0: Yeah. Amazon has spent Amazon money to make nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they have a couple games that are about to come out, but they re- the last game they released, they took down after like, was it two days? Yeah. So they don't have a great track record with doing anything related to gaming in my mind.
1: Exactly. They, they've, and they've tossed millions of dollars into making a video game that would be exclusive to Amazon that everybody would play. And it hasn't worked yet
0: oh dude man I am so looking forward to playing a Lord of the Rings game said me never <laughs> yeah I mean some people are excited about now. that now
1: yeah uh, let's see here uh, actually Hector has hopped into chat Hector welcome to the show I'm so happy to have you on the panel finally we're gonna use our voices to, to speak your words uh, is it a streaming service for the games they offer on the service or are they developing games so yeah that's the important question right are we talking let's, let's put an example out there is Netflix looking to say, "Go, Assassin's Creed, new Assassin's Creed, you are going to be on the Netflix platform."
0: That's a perfect example. And that's well, what Google did whenever they showed off um, Stadia. Stadia. They before Stadia existed, they let everybody play Assassin's Creed in Chrome. Yeah, oh, that's right. I remember they that. Gave that. Everybody Assassin's Creed. I just went well, for Assassin's Creed randomly, Assassin- but, yeah. but yeah, no, that was a very good choice because <laughs> that, that was what I wanted to bring up. We've seen companies test things already Mm. and we've seen what netflix's current tests have been yeah Um, unbreakable kimmy schmidt uh as as hector pointed out was interactive in the last one Mm. i didn't yeah i that's why i didn't watch it because i haven't watched bandersnatch and i wanted to do that before i finished kimmy okay one day i'll finish those (laughs) one day you'll have
1: two hours of free time and can actually because it's
0: interactive and i don't want to fuck up the stories Well, you're on a timer in Bandersnatch, so... Yeah, that's the thing. And I know that there's a hidden scene that no one's
1: found yet, and that drives (laughs) me crazy. Uh, But yeah, that's the question, right? Are they going to be taking other games and just putting them on their service, or are they going to be developing original titles? Because if they're developing original titles, that shit's fucking expensive, and that's going to make the cost of a lot of things go up.
0: Yeah, they they have been... Netflix has, has some very good working relationships with various game developers on their... Titles. Um we've seen all the Stranger Things uh games that have come out. Yep. And I'm not saying that those have been some of the greatest games ever, but sure. you know, they do they have they definitely have working relationships with many different game developers for a lot of different things that they actually own. IPs that aren't owned by somebody else, that aren't yeah. SpongeBob or whatever. Um I don't think that there were we will see that if they're going to make games themselves when they acquire a company. Okay, or that they start hiring because we, we we of have specific heard specific types of programmers, right? Because we have heard they're
1: just they're starting to ramp up um, hiring right now for in-house. Mm-hmm. So in-house could be anything,
0: though, Yeah. right? I mean, you could yeah, there could literally be anything behind the scenes I mean, that they just don't want to tell anybody about.
1: Right. I mean, that's Netflix is no stranger to putting out, you know, their own games. They, like you said, they have these stranger things, mobile titles mm-hmm. that they're out for free. They don't actually make anybody pay for the stranger things, mobile games, but they're used as promotional vessels for Hey, stranger things, new seasons coming out, download the new eight bit version of stranger things.
0: So you can yeah, play they that went and, to 16. They, they've been developing. It's been fun to see that the game evolves with the, yeah, the time of the show the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hector said personally, I hope that they develop games because because Netflix is reportedly an amazing company to work for that hires very talented people and gives them things like unlimited PTO and allows allowed to set their own schedule. That's a plus. Yeah, no, that sounds like not a game studio. That's yeah, so th- they, that is not something. They, they like can make games. They can't make games. That's not how it works. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no Amazon treats their employees like shit. They're allowed to make games. So do we think that ultimately this will
1: make the cost of Netflix go up? I mean, Netflix is always going to go up in cost. Netflix
0: needs to go up incrementally as it has been. It's been it's been evolving with the content they've been releasing. And as long as the quality has been there, yeah. then yes. I think this might be an additional package thing like they had DVDs back in the... Or as they started Interesting. with DVDs. That then streaming fun. was an ad. Like, I think you might That's have the... That's a fun theory. I don't think anybody's talked about that. I mean, they already know how to do that. Also, they could just go back to sending people discs. I mean, they they they, actually know how to do that. I mean,
1: (laughs) what we are talking about is basically Game Pass, right? Yeah. You know, It'll be Netflix Game Pass. And maybe they don't need to make it a tie-in product. Maybe it will just be a, all right, you like Netflix, now you can get Netflix Plus, because that's what we call everything these fucking days, and that includes gaming. And that'll be our version of stadia, which will probably Mm -hmm. function better than stadia.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like their X cloud. It's, it's all that same. We're going to gain it's run the game for you. Yeah. And then we will, and then you get it sent to you through the bandwidth. It's again, it's infrastructure. What comes down to this and on on these ideas. Yeah. I mean, that's
1: when we talk about stadia and we talk about the future of X cloud, you know, when the three of us are sitting around the table, having these discussions, the first conversation we have to have is American bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're, we're privileged. We live in Austin. We've got Google fiber out here. We've got at fiber, but you're talking about a product that, you know, people that probably want this product the most are people that can't afford games, right? People that mm-hmm. wanna want to actually own Stadia are people that maybe live in rural areas that don't have the income to buy every new game that comes out, but a, hey, a Stadia or an Xbox Game Pass lets them play oh, that. Oh
0: my, I, there is a way that actually these th- these problems can be fixed. I've heard um, that. Yeah, it's called fucking voting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, no, whenever you vote out to the people who won't make changes to infrastructure and um, take your tax dollars and actually make the world, a better place. Fucking vote, And then we can have faster internet because we got rid of the assholes that were being assholes.
1: Yeah. Support your local elections. Like seriously, go (laughs) vote your local elections. But yeah, but, but but that's a big thing we have to talk about here is that yeah, Netflix could be developing all this stuff in games, but if there are, it's not reaching the audience that it needs to, then that's a problem. Right. And that's not Netflix's problem. Obviously Netflix would love if everybody had the fastest available internet connection. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's just one of those things that just kind of gets often overlooked. Now, when we discuss Netflix streaming video games, we know that as it exists in the current ecosystem, we already have several platforms out there doing this. We have obviously Google Stadia, which is... There, floundering. it's it's floundering we know that upcoming we have the microsoft x cloud product which we don't know very much about but we've pretty much predicted exactly i, I don't have, what the, the, I don't have the notes do.
0: in front of me but the the number of games that are running on it and it's it's not even no it's not even like no you you can play it now like yeah. you have xbox live like you have yeah. or you have game pass you are now have access to x cloud yeah which is a lot of games that you necessarily don't have hmm. um that they're just gonna be like hey Play it on your phone. Here you go. Whatever. Just right. choose, literally go in the library, choose a game, and start fucking playing. Yeah. And it's part of, if you have Game Pass, check out what they fucking have and see if it's worthwhile because I know a lot of the people, our viewers and, well, Hector, we all have it. I've played around with it a little bit beforehand whenever I had was at get, uh, like the beta access and it's great. I did Stadia, but I didn't want to keep, I didn't want to buy games on Stadia. Right. I'm not going to, buy games in this this, with google's track record of deleting their products yeah no i I will totally play a stadia assassin's creed game that they gave me if i wanted to go back and play assassin's creed that's exactly where i'll go play that game i know i can log in and go i can play and play assassin's creed Hmm. or destiny badly actually that's the best place to go play crucible Hmm. um
1: (laughs) so let's talk about netflix for a minute because everybody kind of within the industry is saying like Netflix is hitting a threshold. Basically, we're hitting it at max capacity. Netflix,
0: everybody fucking has it. Yeah, they're at some point, it's a saturation point. They've, really, they've reached maximum, uh, the maximum user base. Yeah, that they can't keep growing their user base to keep their, um, the people who the stockholders happy, right? We'll just put air quotes on. They always want the magical money. stockholders happy, meaning people just want more money, right. Um, So, since people want more money, they need to find a way to get more money from people, Mm. but they already reach all the people. They've already reached the maximum number, and they can't keep increasing the price without justifying a reason to add more service. Right. And they've been doing that by giving us great movies, great series, and... It, it, Do we think that the, yeah. that this move into gaming is because they need to find a way to kind of they keep... need to reach the market that they aren't necessarily already reaching? Yeah, and to add on an additional thing, mm-hmm. which will make more revenue. Let's just magically on top of it. for right it's, now. Let's magically just call it Netflix Plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, and it's and it's an additional fucking five dollars on your thing. They right. are like five bucks, and you get access to these twenty games for right. blah. I'm making it. Whatever. Sure. We don't know anything about this bullshit that's going to come out. Yep. Maybe this, is all, this, this is all theatrical. speculation. This we is don't... this is the part of the show where we can have rumor and speculation. Yeah, we get to, to, like, because we don't know what the fuck Netflix is going to do with this. They hired a couple of people and a fuckload of people to work internally. Yeah. Like, you know, because they, now, they <laughs> now,
1: Netflix is saying that they want to go live with this program as early as next year. That's pretty fucking so bold. So whatever program it is, we will find out within the next year. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, they want to just go, I mean, are they just going to go live with it and be like, here's some just Assassin's Creed on Netflix? I, see, I almost think that what happened with Stadia could happen with Netflix now. That they would take like an Assassin's Creed, just it shows up on the front page one day and it just says, play Assassin's Creed Odyssey now. And you click it and it works. And that's their test. Right. They can get yeah. millions of people to test this all at once, completely for free, figure out if it's feasible or not just because people are bored on a weekend and went, Hey, I don't have to download they've anything. Obviously
0: been testing all the latency with their, their shows and how they've been working with multi-directional storytelling, mm. which also just a really fun idea for ways to incorporate new storytelling ideas. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on, we need to evolve our brands in the way we've <laughs> been writing stories, basically the exact same way for about like 10,000 years. Hmm. We ain't got much time left. (laughs) Uh, Hector
1: brings up a really good point that with them wanting to launch so soon, that probably rules out original titles unless they've been working on them for a while. That's an excellent point, Hector. Um, They probably will be starting by just streaming... Uh, or yeah, bringing to to market more mainstream titles. Maybe it's an Assassin's Creed, maybe it's a whatever. Um, And that's what they use as their test bed while they build up the infrastructure in the background with their own studios to then maybe make things like, hey, we're going to make a Stranger Things RPG and you're going to put it on here and play Stranger Things multiplayer RPG with your friends.
0: Sorry, I got completely sidetracked. I thought about the Matrix RPG that they tried way back in the day. It did not work. I, and I'm just kind of like reliving those ideas and that they came up with. And I was like, you know what? I kind of really wished we could make that game now. Yeah. Like, because we have the new Matrix movie coming out. And I was like, hold on. They had this whole like bullet time thing. And I'm like, they do that in Destiny. But apparently
1: the lore of that game actually is still in the lore of the Matrix. Like the lore of the video game yeah. universe actually still. Because it all still existed. Apart. Yeah. It was
0: all the continuation of what happened with Morpheus and everybody afterwards. Yeah. And I do,
1: don't know. So it there's a whole happened. section of like like Matrix history that's been lost to time because that failed MMO happened. Yeah. But it's still technically part of the canon. We just got way off track with this. Uh, I think there's a lot of pros and cons to Netflix getting into the, the streaming game. I think that they're going to need to approach this slowly. Um, they don't need to be buying up developers left and right. Like we're seeing so much in the industry right now with like Microsoft and Sony. Um, this has to be a softball kind of game. They got to come in, like, say, all right, let's test this one thing. Did it work? All right, cool. Let's go ahead and test this one thing. Did it work? All right, cool. And then make their
0: assumptions and build their platform based on that,
1: not do what Stadia did. They see a lot of
0: other companies that are doing the same thing. They see what Google has done. They looked at Stadia and said, fuck that, we can do better. They've seen every gaming streaming service prior to xCloud and Stadia just fail horribly um, because they didn't have, honestly, Amazon, Microsoft, Netflix money. Right. Um, they, They were more... You know, smaller. (laughs) Yep, but we've got this. I don't know. I I lost my train of thought there. It's it's fine. It's a
1: complicated (laughs) thing to kind of get into because, you know, you make an excellent point. They Netflix has Netflix money, and so yes, Google has Google money. But but Google doesn't back their projects the way that Netflix does, right? Mm -hmm. When Vandersnatch became a thing, that was not anything that was like test it out in the open market or anything. Netflix said, hey, Black Mirror is really cool. It's about technology fucking with you. Wouldn't it be fun if we did an episode where technology fucked with the viewer? And they went, yeah, let's fucking throw money into that. And they made it a thing.
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely an experiment in I, I actually think it was an experiment in uh, uh, latency mm-hmm. uh, for customer latency, for watching the thing and then a- interacting with it because um, there's still a hidden scene that people don't know how to get to, <laughs> Which is, at this point, I'm just going to press every button until I fucking find it because it's going to drive me crazy that mm. it exists, which is why I won't watch the damn thing. <laughs> um, there, They need to have a quick back, which I wanted to bring up latency, is that quick back and forth. Whenever you were playing a game, something on Stadia or xCloud, you, you'd feel when that latency hits. Right. You can... And it not necessarily in your character didn't move, but sometimes the graphics just crash to like really pixelate. And you're like, what the fuck was that? And it's only for a few frames. Right. But it's definitely, you can tell that there was a latency involved even on fucking gigabit internet. Yeah. Like it's still not the best because yeah. I was playing destiny on stadia. And that's where I was like, wow, this is really great graphics. Oh, what the fuck just happened? Right.
1: Which, which what the fuck just happened just meant you probably just blew your whole
0: raid. Right. That's mostly a, that's, that's actually for PvP stuff. It's like, right. cool, what the fuck does it, it's I just yeah. got annihilated by a blurry thing. Mm. Now, Hector <laughs> says
1: that he thinks that the best thing that Netflix could do is showcase a lot more beautiful indie games, uh, specifically the kind that gives you the feels uh, the rest of their content is looking for. Uh, Plus, they're usually easier to run and stream. Uh, Yeah, indie games are a great thing, right? Things like Hollow Knight, um, that's a a great option, right? Um, We're talking about things like, you know, obviously it's an Xbox exclusive, but like Ori and the Blind Forest, that's a beautiful indie game that deserves to be just played by everybody because it'll just make you cry. The game will make you cry and then make you angry with how hard it is because I felt both those emotions while playing Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, But Hector goes on to say that they... That a lot of indie games tackle a lot more interesting themes um, that, you know, like with the, the kind of edgier content that Netflix is kind of known for. Right. So you can make a little bit more of a think of something like uh, be, was it Becoming Human was the the last David Cage game about the androids mm-hmm. like that game can get some pretty dark themes. And also that game's perfect to put on Netflix like it, it's a choose your adventure.
0: But, One the things we're talking about, though, is needing to have a, an actual controller for a lot of those games. Right. And that's the reason I just grabbed the, the, the literally, the TV controller for the TV we use. Yeah. And it's kind of looking as, like, okay, so you got up, down, left, and right. So mm. how to move a character around and then your other buttons. Yeah. You could feasibly use those nine buttons as a controller. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I don't think it would work. I think it would work better for the indie space, like what Hector is saying. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to work for, you know, uh, the do, do androids murder their people or whatever that game was. Yes, become <clears> human. <throat> yeah, become human. Um, yeah,
1: the controller issue is one thing we do need to talk about real quick. Um, because there are a lot of games out there that could very well work with just a remote. Uh, but if we go back to the Assassin's Creed analogy, that, that game does not work so well with a remote. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe they could figure it out. Maybe they have people that are being paid way more than we are to figure out the answer to how does one climb walls
0: with using remote control? Yeah, but, I, I, that would be very interesting to see someone run Assassin's Creed on a regular Toshiba controller. I mean, people have beaten Dark Souls with a Guitar Hero remote. Yeah, I've, I've seen some crazy shit. One could say stranger uh, things have happened. Yes. People are very innovative on the need to just come up with weird shit to fill your time. Uh, and even playing games in the most ridiculous. <laughs> I'm gonna be bloodborne with a DDR mat. So. I just don't understand the people that people they're like, all right, I'm gonna do this blindfolded backwards, like with, with no headphone sound <laughs> on and the controller is just me breathing. Like <laughs> what the fuck are you even doing? No, this is, that's just, it's literally alchemy at that point. It that is, doesn't it even is fucking al- make sense.
1: I <laughs> thought I was good at games until I watched that bullshit happen. That's how I feel every time I watch GDQ. I just was like, I thought I was good at games and these motherfuckers came along It's like, yeah, I'm going to do a blindfolded Mario 64 run and get every fucking star. I'm like, but I can't even get them normally. <laughs> how dare you, sir? How dare you be this good at games? All right, back to Netflix. We need to start wrapping this thing up. Um, yeah, it's a strange space that that Netflix is trying to enter into. But honestly, I think that if a lot of if, if a company could be poised to pull this off, well, it could be Netflix. Netflix doesn't just jump in on the deep end. They don't do what Amazon did and say, oh, we are we have an Amazon game studio now. and We're going to be making a Lord of the Rings MMO like that. First off, MMOs is mm. one of the most expensive games. To yeah, I know that that's and is. then. Starting a game studio is one of the most expensive things to do. Like, I think Netflix is going to be taking a very
0: cautious approach to this. I, I had an idea just now uh, about the controller idea and how they can get people uh, invested in this. How's that? And it's kind of kind of what, what they're going to do with what Valve does is they want people to pre-buy so they can gauge interest in this, mm-hmm. and they have people buy like what they did with Google do with, this with, with this with Stadia. You have them buy the controller. Buy a Netflix controller. You buy a Netflix controller. That has a stupid dongle thing because you have to connect it to a TV. Most people watch Netflix. It's a Bluetooth dongle. Yeah, straight up, that's all it is. But most people watch Netflix through their either their already existing console. Mm -hmm. So why would I want to watch? Why would I want to play a game through a thing through I already play games on? Or they watch it on their PC, which again, why would I? Unless it runs the games better than what I can run them. Right. Um, Or. The majority of their people are sitting in TVs on their couches, yep. consuming Netflix through something that is built within the TV itself. Mm. Uh, smart TVs is primarily and an exterior devices like yep. Roku's. If they're going to get into the game streaming market, mm. they're going to have to give us a device because yeah. they're going to have to give us a controller. In some way, some they're going to have to give us a controller that connects yeah. to a TV in our I, living room. I can could, could see that. I could see that. And it's not unheard of. And I think that men buy, having us buy into that for like, hey, the controller costs a hundred bucks, but you get a year of whatever the fuck this offer is. Yeah. It's kind of what, similar what Stadia did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Netflix is going, Netflix doesn't have the infrastructure that Microsoft had to do xCloud because they already had everybody. They, everybody they, they got into it already had controllers. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you just connect your controller to your phone because it's blah. And now you play the game netflix doesn't have that user base yeah so they're going to have to also make a thing in my mind that's they're true going to they're gonna they're going they're gonna have to make have a thing games that i can't only play that I, I can't play on a remote control
1: uh twitch chat's asking would it be feasible to have an app controller on your phone that connects to your account yes. that yes, that is a it, brilliant
0: idea yeah, i mean that's the way you can play xbox games without a controller yeah and using just your phone and the touchpad i you think i think a famous and, poet uh, that
1: worked for blizzard once said Everybody has phones, don't they? Yeah,
0: I actually—that's <laughs> a use fucking brilliant idea for my Roku. More than I use the Roku controller because it eats batteries. Yeah, because it's badly. But I, but I think
1: that I think that 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 might be the the phones might be the answer. But I think this will need to create a physical
0: product because gamers like controllers. Yeah, um, it's that. That tactile experience doesn't exist on a phone. Right. We are old manning like fuck we right are now. So old manning. Right I now, just like realized that there's hard. like entire generations that have been born and exist and can beat the shit. I mean, at first person shooters on their phone, that have never touched a controller. Yeah. So maybe we're just old. Maybe this is not the. <laughs>
1: sure <laughs> this is definitely not the future I'll uh, be yeah, phone solution is a fucking brilliant idea thank you for bringing that up um, yeah there's a lot to to break down and discuss when it comes to Netflix getting into gaming but we just don't know enough yet um, so what we're going to do here is we're just going to go ahead and wrap the show up um, leave everybody with their thoughts I seriously want to know what everybody thinks about this like give us your opinions about Netflix getting into gaming is it good is it bad is it a smart business move is this the death of Netflix that's an extreme example and I doubt that's going to be happening at all. But Tony, where can they give us their opinions and thoughts? Uh,
0: Hector's last mention was basically picture in picture, mode. I'm not going to read the whole thing because I'm closing it up. Uh, (laughs) He wants where you play a game in the corner while you watch a thing on Netflix. They want to destroy all the bandwidth.
1: That's so much fun. (laughs) I love that idea. Like window in window
0: using a... Yeah, i you really glad that Google's announcing that two gig internet connection. This is now sounding
1: (laughs) a lot better now that we're talking about it. Thanks, Chad. I was like so down on this idea. And then you guys started coming up with better ideas than me. Fine. That's why we're ending That's the what,
0: show. what that, that's what netflix is gotta I'm hire. Done gotta with twi- I'm, I'm done batting. with chat
1: have coming up with better ideas than me.
0: Tony, where can they find us? Uh goodnight.gg, which just redirects you to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash GNGcast. And at GNG Cast is our Twitter. And info at GNG Cast is our email address. And that's also all the other things is at GNG Cast. That's G. G-N-G-C-A-S-T. Thank you.
1: I appreciate that. You're getting so good at this. Okay, cool. All right, that's everything we have for the episode this week. Until next week, for Tony, this is James. For James, this is Tony. Everyone, good night.
0: And good game.